For more information on how you can be challenged for the purpose of change, visit us at patmosreality.com. Welcome back to the Patmos Podcast. I'm here in the studio with Adonis Reeves. Hey, guys. And Ian Brockway. What's up, guys? We've got a guest today all the way from Iran. His name is Ferry Dune. Hello. <laughs> he's a little feminine. <laughs> Fairy Dune was talking in his accent. <laughs> Fairy Dune is a, a frequent guest to Patmos and uh, very thankful that he's here in the studio with yes. us today. We're going to be tackling the last church in Revelation chapter 3, the church in Laodicea. Uh, Donis, would you open us in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we're able to gather to talk about your word to receive from you, Holy Spirit. May you anoint this time and bring understanding, Lord, um, into your heart for us to be able to apply and walk in and learn and grow. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He was near to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." Man, I don't know about you guys. We seem to look at this last church, and we historically know it was a church that was uh, in Asia Minor, but we also know prophetically it's speaking to the church today, this last day's church. And we know from Timothy, uh, Paul, when he's writing Timothy, he says the experience, the spirit expressly says, and he begins to warn Timothy about what the latter day and what the last day's church is going to look like. And Jesus, he's pointing it out here. It's lukewarm. It's neither hot, nor is it cold. I got a question for you guys. What makes a person lukewarm? You know, Pastor Shred, that's a good question. I mean, I was reading through this, and I'm searching my heart. You know, I read in verse 15, I know your works. So even that defines that a lukewarm person goes to church. A lukewarm person gives money. Yeah, and I also think what that defines, Adonis, is a lukewarm person can be busy about the things of God, but have no relationship with him. Because it's at the end of it, he goes, look, I want to come and eat with you. I want to come and sup with you. This is a a unity and a union of coming together. And you're saying, look, you're busy about doing some works, but we don't have relationship. What affects our relationship with the Lord? What takes us to this place where the Lord might look at us and go, we're lukewarm? I believe it was saying in the text that I know your works and uh, it seems that this church especially, they were just relying on themselves, not on God. And I believe that the lukewarm situation in our lives starts when instead of relying on God, we start Mm. relying on ourselves, no Mm -hmm. matter if it's in our personal lives or in our church lives. 
It's what Paul was telling the church in Galatia. He goes, are you, are you trying to perfect in your flesh what God started in his spirit? And I think that's where it gets to the place of religion and routine and quite possibly that Matthew chapter 7 that says, many will say that they knew me. Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, but I'll say to them, I never knew you depart from me. So there's this understanding here of, wow, maybe I'm just busy about religious routine, but I, I'm doing this on my own flesh. I'm not doing this in God's spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes with lukewarm people, it's like you don't really, really want to be saved from sin. You only want to be saved from the penalty of sin. You know, mm. it's like, I don't necessarily want to change my life, but yet I don't want to contract a disease from, you know, having sex before marriage or you know, that, right. that I don't want the consequence, yeah. but I'm doing this because of that. I'm not doing it because it's in my heart. Right. I think that's the other thing that defines what a lukewarm person is. It's I'm doing this because I have to, not because I want to. It's not from the, my heart that I'm serving the Lord. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm in this place and I'm forced to do it. Right. What are some other things that you think take us to the place where we're neither hot nor cold? I think compromise takes us there yeah. where what we want is really the way of the world, but we're in faith. And so we kind of put our feet in both places. When John writes, he says, look, do not love the world or the things in the world. But this compromise of faith, it leaves us in this place of, of, of being lukewarm. Right. I think one of the things that I learned um, as I was going through my, my Patmos season was just the difference between, you know, loving people and loving God and loving God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Mm-hmm. Like it looked different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we miss that that element of just that obedience to the spirit and what he's beckoning us to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we may see it as, as, whoa, that's radical, but not being obedient puts you in that position of becoming lukewarm. You know, absolutely. And even if you look at Donna's and what you're saying, these people think that they're doing it right. They say, look, they say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing, not realizing you're wretched, pitiable, pitiable poor, blind, and naked. How does that word come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But they actually think that they are doing the right thing. So they're living in this place, and Jesus has to come and say, look, you guys are lukewarm. You, you don't even realize that you're lukewarm. You're blind to it. So what do we do? Well, I think the greater question is, how do we get there? And maybe not the greater question, but how do we get there? How do we get to the place of being lukewarm? Probably based on the text we see, uh, when the people, they are comfortable and they are running a comfortable life. Because over here, it seems that they are rich Mm -hmm. and they rely on their richness and so many times I have seen the people that they see this type of things as the mark of we are okay. Mm-hmm. Even spiritually we are okay. Because they're successful. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, so many times I have seen that uh, comfortable life and richness actually, instead of making the person to grow in, the, in Christ, taking them away from, from uh, really the real faith they should have. That's why I believe that, as a matter of fact, Christianity is a type of faith that grows much better when there is a persecution for it. Mm. Without persecution and the element of persecution, actually, the church goes towards being lukewarm mm. and uh, shift away from 
biblical values. That's why I believe that you guys in America, you need really element of persecution in your faith. Uh, maybe it sounds strange for you, but uh, I pray for you to have someone like Khomeini here. Mm. Therefore, <laughs> the, church, <laughs> the churches will become, well, uh, I don't or know. at least will be released from this lukewarm situation or mm. from so many different, uh, what is it, uh, you call it uh, the situation uh, that uh, somehow has made you. Uh, let's let's talk about prosperity. Uh, what's it? Theology. It's a prosperity why, doctrine, right? Yes. Why mm. it has come out? Because the people they are prosper and they want uh, somehow to bring reasons for it that mm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have it. So when it's like that, it means that you are in a very tiny spot. Mm-hmm. You are going. You are walking on a very tiny ice, and uh, well, it's interesting to me too that that prosperity doctrine would come out, and this is the last church, and we believe we're living in the last days. And as people are looking for comfort and looking for security, and I would say even justification, I can have all of these things because this is what God has for me in Jesus' name. But if we look at in Jesus' name. This isn't like some kind of thing where give me, give me, give me, give me in Jesus' name I get. No, in Jesus' name, I'm praying his his character and I'm praying his conduct and I'm praying the prayers that Jesus would pray. That's what a name means. And so here we have this church and, you know, Ferdinand, there's something in me that goes, no, I don't want persecution. But then there's something in my spirit that goes, man, I don't know if I believe that if we maybe we had a little bit of persecution, the real church would rise and we would see who will stand in the United States of America if that thing came to us? You see, you cannot separate persecution from Christian faith. Paul says that anyone who wants to live a godly life, he will suffer. He'll suffer yeah. persecution. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't uh, matter. Maybe where, the question, where, we, where, we, where do we live? Well, maybe you the know, question is Iran if we're not being yeah. persecuted, that we should consider the godliness of our existence. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If we live a godly life, no matter where we are, we are going to uh, face persecution. Uh, I mean, you guys here, your your job is very uh, hard, harder than at least ours. Our enemy over there, we know, and mm. it's obvious for us. But here, it's not. Your enemy could be in your own bedroom, and you are not aware of it, because mm. all the time you are just surrounded by familiar things which can take you away from the faith you have don't yeah. get me wrong i don't uh, i mean i don't uh, think that uh, r- richness is wrong or having money is wrong or having a, a a comfortable life is wrong what i am trying to say that when we give it in to pr- prosperity or we ca- captivate ourselves inside it and let the prosperity rule on mm. us, and we don't use it for the advance of the kingdom, mm-hmm. then that's the dangerous point. We are going towards having a well, lukewarm faith. Scripture yeah. said we'll pierce ourselves with many sorrows. You know, with that pursuit of money and that love of money, mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, quite the indication of it. But I, I like what you I like what you said um, in regards to this blindness that can occur because of comfort. You know, and I think that's one of the ways that we can become lukewarm. We like comfort so much that we're willing to overlook the lack of godliness Mm -hmm. in our life or the lack of sacrifice or the lack of just living our faith because we'd rather have the comfort. Right. Yeah, it's like persecution comes 
when we're becoming more godly. But if we're comfortable, we're not pursuing God. So persecution isn't going to come, you know. And the, the, in Second Peter, it talks about adding to your faith. And when we add to our faith, we grow in that character. And that's whenever we become a threat for the enemy. And that's when persecution usually comes. But in America, like Fairy Dune was, was talking about, it's, um, it's so easy to be comfortable and it's so easy to, to, to not really need God because you're comfortable and you have everything you need. And I think that that's where the problem comes in. It comes in that we, we're comfortable where our needs are met and we're not pursuing God. So therefore, why does the enemy even need to, to pursue us? Well, he even goes so far to say, I counsel you, I'm instructing you, buy from me gold refined by fire. Well, mm. you got to heat gold up in order for the dross to come off of it. And that pressure is what causes the gold to be refined. And I don't know if any of us like that. None of us like to be put onto the, the crucible of faith. And even uh, going back to what you were saying, Ian, Peter writes earlier and he says um, that this, this, though our faith is tested as if by fire, it's producing precious faith. And this precious faith that comes out of this is exactly fair doing what you're talking about. It comes out of that kind of persecution. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say, oh, man, I'm going to start praying for the United States to undergo persecution. But on the other side of it, man. Maybe we really should start praying that we would be able to stand if persecution is coming our way. Yeah. You know? I think, though, if we think about it, it's simple because we go through trial. Mm-hmm. And what does that do to our lives personally? I know for me, when I go through a hard time, I'm praying a little bit more. I'm mm-hmm. fasting a little bit more. <laughs> there's just this up in my devotional time. But why does it like, take that, Adonis? Exactly. Like, you know, and you know the verse in, says in 1 Corinthians 13, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith, right? Well, if I ex- that test is like a teacher gives an algebra test. It's letting her know where the student is at. Yeah. So when I go through this test, it's kind of indicating to me by my response to the test where I'm at. Yeah. It, I'm, it's examining me to see where I'm at. These guys, they're about to be tested because they're lukewarm and they don't even know where they're at. So the Lord loves them enough. And that's what he says here. He goes, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. And so because the Lord loves his bride, he's letting the bride know you're not where you think you are. Mm. You yeah. know, And that's a good thing. I think it challenges us too as to what what do we think about? Our, is our mind set on heaven or is it on earth? Mm. And when it's on earth, we have that tie to the comforts. We have that tie to taking care of ourselves. We have that, that pull to just get through my to-do list. When really, it's like if my mind was set on heaven, what would that look like and how would that affect me? You know, I think I need to be challenged just for a moment to, th- to stop and go, this is talking to me. Yeah. In other words, there's a tendency for us to go, oh, wow, there's talking to the church in Laodicea. Yeah. There's a tendency for, oh, I know, I know Fairy Dune. He's really lukewarm. You know, it's like we, <laughs> we didn't mean that Fairy yeah, Dune. Okay. <laughs> he Man, knows not what he do or say. You know, there, is, there is, as a matter of fact, some degree of lukewarmity, if you call it in. Uh, lukewarmity. Yeah. Okay, we just, <laughs> that was a, 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 a farglish, a yeah. far, <laughs> Farsi in English, farglish. Yes, no. <laughs> What is the right word for it? Uh, lukewarmity. That yeah, is the yeah, right yeah. word. Yeah, well, lukewarmity. Being, you know, lukewarmity. Some degree, uh, degree of lukewarmity. That's there what, is that, in yeah, every hey, guys, one that one's going to stick on the Patmos podcast. Yeah. Lukewarmity. Okay, so, go. There is in every one of us 
because you see what uh, this type of lifestyle takes us is that uh, we start compromising the world you see uh, there are two kingdoms kingdom of heaven and kingdom of earth kingdom of light kingdom of darkness you see uh, being on earth it's not a bad thing living in the system of the world which the bible describes that's the bad thing mm. and if we are living with the value system of the world or the darkness then we are heading towards being lukewarm yeah and uh, when we start compromising the world with the values of the world world so just imagine how much we have we ourselves i know me as as a person how much compromise it is there is in my faith mm. if we look at it then we will see we will see that all of us we are in in this danger and therefore all of us we need to examine our lives daily mm-hmm. to see that if really there is some sort of compromise in our faith with the values we live or not mm-hmm. because the world comes in and says that it's okay it's okay don't worry about it right. don't worry about it. this is good as well what is wrong with it and this type of behavior towards the values it the kingdom values exactly mm-hmm. it takes us uh you know to have uh, less bright light but shining we, to the world but we actually think we're doing good because yeah. we're just a little bit above the standard of the right. world yeah. you yeah. know and so because we're just a little bit above the standard of the world we we say to ourselves oh we're good and he says look you got to put on white garments mm-hmm. to me you know what that that's the opportunity that i can repent yeah. that's the opportunity that there is hope for me that if i do this a daily evaluation and i and for me feridun what i'm thinking is that evaluation comes from the word of god my standard is the word and i align myself with the word anything that doesn't align with the word of god that's where i need to repent yeah. and i have the opportunity to put these white garments on and it's interesting here he says look put salve to anoint your eyes do you remember that scripture in the uh, sermon on the mount where he's saying um uh, those that think that their darkness is actually light how great is that darkness in them yeah. if they think they're seeing light but they're actually seeing darkness You know, we've got to start seeing things the way that Jesus sees them. We've got to look into the word of life and be able to go, you know what? I need to anoint my eyes with eye salve and I need to start seeing things in a more spiritual mindset instead of comparing myself to a worldly mindset which could lead me astray. Right. You know, sometimes I think about like when Pastor Chuck first started Calvary Chapel and what made Calvary Chapel so attractive was that he made church more relevant to the culture and i think so often at least in america the church is always trying to relate to the world so much to get them to come to church mm. it's like we like what you said earlier pastor chet we're starting what god starts in his spirit we perfect in our flesh like mm. we start becoming more relatable so much that we, we sacrifice holiness. yeah we sacrifice right. the integrity of the word holiness and i think it's like it starts off with there's such a good heart but then that comfort comes in and it's easier and i don't know what it is but maybe you could tell us what you think it is but i feel like we get stuck in that down we start going down that trail and mm. we just kind of get off course that's well, why we have the sermon on the mount you see jesus in sermon on the mount uh, if we just sum up all these three chapters in one sentence what jesus is trying to say that be different 
Mm-hmm. Be Absolutely. different. Be yeah, different. Amen. If we want the, ch- the people to come to our church, our being different should be the one brings them to our churches, not our conformity with the way they live. Mm-hmm. So many times the churches, they change their ways just to attract the people. So they become much more uh, looking like yeah. now the life which is out there. But this is wrong, because in this way, we are opening our doors toward the mm-hmm. same word, lukewarmity. And we're right. teaching so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to stick. Yes, we are going to be really in, in that status. But if we are different, or being different will attract the people, and the people they will They'll come, and they will us. become uh, mm-hmm. different people too. And that's how the persecution is going to start. Because we are different. We mm-hmm. live in different way. We live with kingdom values. Mm-hmm. And right. because we live in that way, which the world doesn't like it, therefore they are going to per- persecute us. Mm-hmm. And that will keep us all the time alert. Right. And our faith pure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes such sense. You know, I said earlier, maybe we shouldn't pray for uh, persecution in the States, but we should pray to be able to stand. But maybe we should be pr- in prayer, Lord. You know, help us to not only be ready, but maybe it needs to come and we need to see it in our own life to prove our own form of godliness. Yeah. You know, I think our challenge to change today is found in Jesus's words himself. Mm-hmm. He says, look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. He's speaking to the church. He's trying to get the church's attention. If anyone hears my voice, that means anyone that's listening right now, you can change. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in. I want real relationship. I'm knocking at your heart's door, trying to get your attention. And everyone in Fairdune, you said it best. We need to all evaluate our lukewarmity. You know, we need to see where are we at. We need to hear the voice of Jesus and we need to choose to change. God bless you guys. Until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you for your support and generous donations. And if you feel led to invest and give, do so at patmosreality.com forward slash give.